0: Hey, it's Justin. Welcome to the ContenderCast Top 5 of 2023. We're down to number one, the top listen to downloaded episode of the year, and the brand is Poppy. And actually, it's so fascinating. This is an interview we actually did towards the back half of the year. Um, some of you know Poppy. It was founded by a husband and wife duo Stephen and Allison. Allison joined us on the podcast to share all about the brand from uh, their experience on Shark Tank to just exploding in the beverage space. So enjoy this episode and we will see you in 2024. Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here is your host, Justin Hahneman. Thanks for listening. Thanks to tuning Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. and Following. It's Justin Haneman, ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. I am sure if any of you know beverage, you have heard the brand Poppy, and I am so excited because. I know the brand. Thanks to my daughter, Kendall. She introduced me to it. And um, she introduced me to it long before the interview today. And I have to say, because of that, I was just so fired up to uh, cover the brand. And Allison Ellsworth is on. She's the co-founder and chief brand officer. Allison, so great to have you on the podcast.
1: Woo! Let's go. So excited to be here. I know.
0: I think it's so great. You, you guys are rocking it. Like, I work with most of the major brands in the world in food and beverage and like I have seen you guys like you're doing something different and unique and I can't even wait to ask you some questions and unpack it um, I am so fired up so um, thank you for taking the time this morning um, to do the interview let's do this um, before we get to the brand which as I said I'm sure most of our listeners know uh, your brand but share a little about you like what were you and your husband doing before getting into the business of beverage?
1: So, first of all, I have to acknowledge the fact that your daughter is the one that introduced you to Poppy. The amount of times that I've heard that is so much. I absolutely love that because so Poppy's cool. mission, like literally, our mission is to revolutionize soda for the next generation. So, obsessed, love that. But <laughs> so let's great. Just, let's i love
0: it It, i mean kendall i mean shout out to kendall i mean and she's by the way you know a little sidebar she's actually introduced me to four or five brands that i was like what What is this brand and then like they're like massive taking off and so you're one of those and so i have to give her props for that so anyway
1: (laughs) good. well okay i'll jump into kind of how we got started a little bit before poppy even but Previous to doing this, I used to work in oil and gas research, which is so different than what I, I do saw now. That. And it's it's kind of wild. Um, it's a little bit like I graduated from college, didn't really know what to do with my life. And my sister and my dad were like, hey, come work with us. Um And I started traveling. And not only did I start traveling, I did it for seven years, living on the road, driving across the US, working on different projects in teeny little towns, um, really negotiating and working with you know, city councils and states and the federal government and like different things like that, Uh, landowners and and really doing a lot of research in the area before anything was ever drilled or anything like that. So, so different than what I do today.
0: I was like I was, you know, and I do a lot of preparation for these interviews and I'm like, you know. (laughs) reading your LinkedIn profile and I'm like what is a landman and I'm like I, I shouldn't even ask that because I don't I should probably know what a landman is and I'm like it wasn't like you were working for a beverage company and then started your own like no. What what is a landman? I have to just ask you.
1: Totally. So it's an interesting term. Um, you know, I'm from Texas, so everybody in Texas probably knows what it is. Um, but basically yeah, sorry, so, Texas. <laughs> I know. I'll go I, I go into uh like courthouses and you have these big books and you go into the basement, and it's really history at the end of the day. So you go back to when the settler got that piece of land or parcel of land back. Um, when it was patented over. And you look for who owns those oil rights or those mineral rights. And then you track that ancestry forward to present. So lots of building family trees uh, sometimes. And I get to the point where I get to know these people. I know their cousins and their kids and you go through their wills and you do all this stuff. And then you actually go and you find who owns the minerals today. You talk to them, you work with them, you work with the landowners, you do all this stuff. So it's kind of cool. You'll work on a project for five months to a year. You get to know these people. And it's kind of just, you know, a little bit of research of history and um, kind of back in back from the 1800s on.
0: So cool. See, we all learned something new today, except for the people in Texas that already knew what a landman <laughs> was <laughs> Or land woman. Um, <laughs> so, so great. I mean, you know, you never know what you're going to learn on this podcast. Um, okay. Now for, um, for the main event, I mean, everyone wants to hear about your brand. Um, you can check it out. drinkpoppy.com. It's P O P P I.com. And by the way, when you go there, you'll be like so blown away. I don't know who does your like website and creative. It's like, woo. I mean, like amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, okay. You're a landman. And you, you go, I'm going to start a beverage company. And I mean, here we are years later, it's exploding and Shark Tank and everything else. Like, uh, talk about that decision. Like, how did you decide I'm going to get into beverage and we're going to launch something in this space?
1: Well, the beauty of it is I don't think I ever thought I was going to get into beverage. And I think some of the best ideas come from a personal need. So as I was traveling and didn't have a lot of access to good food or even like workout facilities or anything to really take care of myself, um, I just didn't feel good. My stomach was always hurting. Um, I like was sluggish and tired. And this is, like, way before anybody was, like, all these new fads and all, all all of these, like, oh, look, what you put in your body can actually make you feel good. So I went to doctors. They couldn't figure it out. So I started Googling, which I know we've all done. We're all guilty of Googling our symptoms. I know you've done it.
0: <laughs> I have guilty. But then there's, like, <laughs> it could be, like, every kind of illness could be the symptom. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Right, like, yeah, it's like so confusing.
1: Hypochondriac. That. But <laughs> what, I, what I kept finding is... Um, things kept coming up for apple cider vinegar. And it's really interesting. I kept reading about it. And I, at the point, went to the store and bought a big jug of it. And I put it in a big cup of water and I started drinking it every single day. And after two weeks, I really felt a big difference in the way that I felt. Um, And I don't know what else, like it just opened my eyes. Like, wow, what you put in your body can really change the way you feel. So I ended up going gluten-free. I started working out. And it really just jump started this path to health and wellness for me. And it changed my life. And it came to the point where I was like, look, I love this, but I hate the taste of straight vinegar. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this the rest of my life. Have you ever taken a shot of apple cider Vinegar? I
0: have. And I was going to say, like, not my favorite. Like, I mean, it's got, right. you know, it's not something you go, man, this is so great. I, I, I want this every day.
1: Exactly. You know, and so it was one of those moments where I was like, look, cooking, spending as much time in the kitchen as possible was my love language. And I didn't have kids back then because now, you know, it's all mac and cheese and girl cheese. But (laughs) um, it's the same situation where it's like I spent months in the kitchen and I, I had my husband, who is the other founder. He was my little guinea pig. I would just like try stuff, try this, do this. But what was really important is I wanted to create something that was healthy and tasted good because usually those two things do not go together. You have to No doubt. No doubt. And it was just something that I didn't want to sacrifice on. At the end of the day, it had to taste good because unless it tastes good, it's not sustainably – able to do it every single day
0: no doubt so you're testing apple cider vinegar you're finding your own health benefits from it you're, you and your husband are talking about like hey this is this is something that is helping me maybe it could help others and at what point did it convert into hey what what can we make with this
1: yeah so at that point um i was feeling better we were i was done traveling kind of like sick of it we we're like let's start a family We got married and uh, we bought a house in Dallas, Texas, and we moved there and we're like, oh, you know, we'll we'll start a family this year. No big deal. We get pregnant the first month we get there. Like, we're like, oh, this will take forever. You know, like how those things are. And so I was like, Okay, I don't want to go back on the road oil and gas. Like, I'm obsessed with sharing this product. So, at that point, I'd been making it for neighbors and friends and like taking it to Thanksgiving it. to my mom, just wanting to share it with everybody. Um, so, I signed us up for the local farmers market in Dallas. And it was one of those moments where I think I was like three months pregnant. We were going <laughs> week after week. Um, selling out that the whole foods buyer came by our booth and she handed me her card and she's like, look, I never do this. I never, um, like just give my card out to products. Like I'm here with my mom. I'm not here on work, but this is a really great product. Y'all should be in, in whole foods. Um, and it was a hobby up until that point. It wasn't right. like I was like, I started- I mean,
0: you're at the farmer's yeah. market, right? I mean, this isn't, you know, and were you, by the way, at that time, what were you putting it in? Was it a can, a bottle? Uh, how were you like it wasn't obviously in these beautiful cans that are I've got three of them, by the way, in front of me. But um, and we'll talk about those like but it wasn't in that, right? early days? No, it
1: was it was in these like really farmers markety bottles. I think I'm originally started mason jars, right? We didn't have labels. We didn't have nutritionals. She was like, look, you guys have to be in Whole Foods. I looked at my husband, Steven, and I was like, that was Whole Foods. We have to do this. And he's like, you're crazy we just bought a house you're pregnant like are right. crazy we're not doing this it's like <laughs> right. we're taking our life savings and we are going to start this company we opened our own manufacturing facility in dallas which thank goodness we do not manufacture ourselves anymore anyone out there highly highly recommend finding a co-packer because then you can focus on the brand and not producing your product um but we went into it we launched into that um and then we got to the point where we we're doing really good. I think we had done like five hundred thousand in revenue, which is great for a local business in Dallas and fourteen Whole Foods stores. Right? What? Why? And we decided to go on Shark Tank, and that is a moment that changed our.
0: <laughs> okay, um, we're so uh, perfect. I, I love it. This is so great. Um, were you selling only in those stores? Were you doing any direct to consumer early days? Were you on Amazon? You know, like what? What at early days for Shark Tank? Like let's let's kind of piece of yeah, that so, part you know what i
1: mean early d to c direct to consumer on through our own website we had not set up amazon yet we didn't know what we were doing to be honest like a lot of entrepreneurs starting out you're just like sure. figuring it out as you go I will never forget us. Like we're in these glass bottles, wrapping them in like UPS box. I no, It was fed, uh, United States Postal Service boxes oh my God. Didn't fit it, with bubble wrap. Like I cannot imagine that consumer experience back then, but we were just, we don't care. We're getting it to him. We're so excited. Right. Oh my goodness.
0: Hey, that's okay though. You're, you know, early days, this is what you do. You, you're, I, we have guests on all the time. We're talking about packing You know, making it in the kitchen, packing up and shipping, you know, doing your own shipping. I mean, like, Okay, uh, earlier, so you decided, you know, we're gonna take this on Shark Tank. Was it because um, you you thought it was a, an interesting or unique value proposition with the beverage? Was it because you thought, hey, this would be fun, I've always wanted to go on Shark Tank? Like, like, what was it that kind of led you to that? And then um, we could talk about the process.
1: Yeah, so up to that point, we had gone all in, right? We would invested our entire life savings. My sister and dad had given us like a friends and family round investment of like $30,000 to keep us going. And then Stephen was working like a second job at night to pay our mortgage, and we're doing the farmers. We could do the week. I mean, we were just working like eighty hours by Wednesday, and then like finishing out the week with it. It was bananas. We had our firstborn. I was pregnant with our second, and we were just kind of like, "This is the American dream. This is the natural progression. You go on Shark right. Tank, like." <laughs> There's no like as an entrepreneur, like you just think like, oh, that's what you do. I think we had a few people at that point that were asking for investment from us locally in Dallas. But it was like there was no value proposition for us within them. It was just money. Right. And when you take on investment, you want to make sure that there's something more than just money, because then you're kind of where you are and then you end up spending it. And it's probably not the right decisions and it can kind of, you know, start this cycle. So when on to a Shark Tank tryout, stood in line, and six months later, we decided to go on. Okay, so that's- <laughs> Or we got picked to go on.
0: No, that's great. So, um, And we've had others on over the last five or six years that have been on Shark Tank. So all kinds of different stories about how they got there. Sometimes producers reached out to them, Others they applied. They went through the process and filled out all the you know the the pages and pages of paperwork. Just for our audience that may not know um, your your story, maybe we take sixty seconds and just walk us through that process for you and how, what got you to the show itself.
1: So how we got on Shark Tank, it was a little bit different. I went on to Instagram. I saw Mark Cuban post, "Hey, we're going to be at um, this like convention center in Dallas this weekend. Come." And, you know, just stand in line and do it and pitch your heart out. I mean, it was like, we just didn't know any better. Like once again, like most entrepreneurs and we went. Why it was not? Like, it was
0: first, <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like the first time we got a babysitter, I think for our first uh, born. Um, he'd been like, like strapped to us while we were on the production line up to that point. And it was we got a babysitter. We went and we literally did the five minute pitch. And then after that, you kind of get to the next stage and they do like a producer's like well, want you to submit a video and then there's like a lot of paperwork and background checks and you know all that. And then they don't tell you anything, right? You right. go to every right. step and they're like, We'll oh, let you know. We'll let you know. And then right. it got to- it was two weeks before I was due with my second. I was nine months pregnant and they were like, hey, we need you out here. So I went on Shark Tank nine months pregnant, got a deal and had the baby 10 days later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Um, okay. And without spending all the time, like on talking about Shark Tank, but like to get the deal was what was most important? Was it knowing your numbers? Was it having... You know, great packaging. Was it having the angle on the like what the product was doing and why it was better for you? Like, if you think about like the the why, you know, what what was it in your mind?
1: I think the most important thing for us when we went on Shark Tank and when we were like in the tank and they're like screaming at you, which a lot of people don't know, you're in there for like 45 minutes to an hour. Was you know, we spoiler alert, got a deal with Rohan Oza, who's amazing, but. He was just like, look, you had a fantastic product. Your product tasted amazing. You had an amazing founder story. And he's like, anyone that's willing to come on Shark Tank that pregnant must really love what they're doing. <laughs> and he was just like, "Totally." I think a lot of investors say, I invest in the founders. And if the product is good, because with them, they can help bring a lot of resources when it comes to sizzle marketing Um talent like all of these other opportunities they can help with that but if you don't have the fundamental a great product a great story and good partnership right when totally. you get investment it is a marriage sure. so i think those were a few key things that really worked for us really well um and yeah, that's
0: awesome. Deal. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so helpful. And, um, at that point, what were your, what products did you have? You know, what flavors or kind of where were you in your product portfolio? And were you in the, the cans that we, you know, see today or what was kind of, where were you then? And then we'll get into some product and route to market conversation.
1: Yeah. Fun fact. So Poppy used to be mother beverage. We actually used to be in these, like, like I said, these farmer markety type of, um, bottles, um, bottles. And we went on and I will never forget Rohan afterwards. We got the deal. He was like, look, your product is amazing. The founder story is amazing, but your branding is really crap. And I was like, you know what? Oh. I actually oh, did that. It was okay. It was okay. Because at that point, I mean, we were just like hustling, yeah. trying to get our product, making it, we hadn't really had time to focus on the brand. So sure. the first thing we did is we pulled back on production. We pulled back on distribution and we decided to do a full rebrand and we took eight to nine months and we did consumer research. We were like, do we go cans or bottles? Do we do white cans? Do we do um colored? And really what we came down to is We wanted to be soda for the next generation, right? We're we're taking trying to take on big soda. We had a soda replacement. So that's a can. So that was a simple check. The name um, uh, is off of Poppy Soda Pop. And then um, we went with color because it screams flavor. You know, white screams healthy. But we wanted to push through that barrier of health and scream flavor. And then, oh, by the way. We're good for you too.
0: I love it. Yeah, and your colors are amazing. Your packaging is is excellent. Um, we've talked about this on other podcast episodes before, but like putting it in a package that people are familiar with is a good thing. Like people know what to expect when they buy a 12-ounce can, you know what I mean? Or a, a, a pack that has multiple um, of the uh, items in it. So, I mean, that's a good thing. And then your branding is so unique and, and differentiated. And we'll talk about some of that in a minute and what's inside. Um, okay. And then how many SKUs did you have, like flavors? And then, because you obviously expanded, I've got some of the newer ones here in front of me. Um, but, you know, what was it then? And then talk about how product has evolved.
1: So when we first started, when we were mother beverage days, we used to have a little bit more um, crazier flavors. So for example, like lavender lemon and orange cinnamon and all of those type of flavors, because we used to think we were a little bit of like a sister to kombucha.
0: Oh, interesting. As we all know,
1: kombucha Hmm. has like not quite transcended mass. It's kind of plateaued. It's like a, it's a little bit harder of a category. So as we went through the rebrand, we wanted to be soda for the next generation we knew we had this opportunity and what is easier than just to have orange soda sure and to have <laughs> you know <laughs> you know grape soda and you can tap into that nostalgicness of when people grew up with like a big soda Soda name brand, we get that equity from it. And then, you know, it's just something people can relate to a little bit better. So we've we've shifted stuff to just be a little bit easier with that. Um, and then just led with what are consumers wanting? What are the category? What is the adjacent to that big soda brand type of situation?
0: Love that. And you, you know, you mentioned that you got the early win with um, Whole Foods and a couple stores. Um, it's one thing to get into stores with product, it's another for product to actually sell. And you guys have been Built an amazing um, customer base uh, and your followers and social media are amazing but your influencers are amazing Like, but was that always the case like early days like how have you built this following has it been proactive marketing has it been reach out to key influencers would send product talk to us about some of the strategy around that
1: so once we went through the rebrand Poppy launched in March of 2020 right when COVID hit um, no big deal right. Nothing surprise big,
0: yeah no big deal uh, right stores are closed
1: um, yeah yeah <laughs> So we launched and then basically grocery stores are more concerned with getting toilet paper on the shelf. So thank goodness we had signed up for Amazon. We had loaded in product and we started just pushing like digitally become a digitally first brand. And we were kind of forced to from the beginning, but we had an update on Shark Tank air in April of 2020, our second month of business. And, Right away after the episode, we hit number one on Amazon's hot new product list. We like skyrocketed in sales and awareness. Um, and then we started getting grocery stores and getting steam. But on top of it, we really leaned into influencer marketing from day one because everyone was stuck at home. They were desperate for something to post. If we totally. send it to them... They wanted content. So that was a really big plus right out the gate we had going on. And then something else is we played really early on TikTok. I think we were one of the first brands on the platform. Totally. I downloaded that back in 2019 before the big TikTok push and uh sat down one night and made a TikTok telling my story. It went viral. We did 100 <laughs> grand while we were and oh my our eyes were open to this like Community that was on this platform, TikTok. And now, I mean, that video has 80 million views and I have over 2 billion views on my face on TikTok. It's wild. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, for those that are listening, okay, that would, <laughs> what was just described is not easy for a major brand company to do. Um, and it is why the startups in food and beverage and other segments of CPG are, on fire right now, and because you're fl- you're flexible, you can try things. Um, for those that don't know, TikTok, the third leading platform for online shopping research behind Google and Amazon. If you're not on TikTok with your brand, you're missing out, and I, it's uh, it's amazing. And this was back in October 2022. TikTok had an audience base in the U.S. only of 109 million. Okay, this is in October, a year ago from when we're recording this. You, you guys, I mean. You have to be creative and thinking outside the box. And the big brands struggle with that, right? And so it's just so cool that you were able to take advantage of that, Allison. Um, okay. So you start to see volume pickup. Did you have the right code pack or did you have to change shipping um, methods? Did you have to think about availability in different markets? Like, you know, what did that look like?
1: Yeah. So for our brand, what we decided early on is we didn't, after we launched Pop we would decide 100% Amazon for D to C. So we do zero on our own website. If you go to our website, you actually end up checking out on Amazon. That's been really successful for us for trial and ease right? Most families in the US have prime two-day delivery. People are impatient, right? So that was like step one. <laughs> step two was at that point, we were with like big broadliners for distribution. We decided we were going to switch our network to full DSD. We were one of the youngest brands to pull that off. We have 99% coverage in the US right now for DSD, which means we have over a hundred and I think 70 distributors in the US. Wow! But what it does is your people frequently um going to the store multiple times a week versus going to the back of the grocery store dumping it out with all the other products and then when you're out of stock you got to wait till the next time it comes in right so you have more frequent um distribution points and touch points at the store that worked really well for us but i think you know poppy grew so fast with our online community because when you grow your community online there's no zip codes so Everybody can find out about you. A lot of the old way to do it was like, you get really big in LA, you get really big in New York, and then you work your way in. But we saw really early on, say, Target, for example, some of our best stores were like Fargo, North Dakota, Cincinnati, Ohio, Houston, Texas. Like We were truly hitting the right consumer. And another misconception is that TikTok is only Gen Z. That's not true. We love our consumers. It, we call them our Gen Zennials, right? It's like our millennial Gen Zennial like consumer base. I, for your knowledge, I don't get on there and I dance. I'm not doing all that <laughs> stuff. I'm just talking to our consumer, right. but it's what it's done is I think over 60% of Gen Z is aware of what poppy is. And once you are aware, we have crazy uh, trial rates. So once you're aware, we have about 86% of those that move to trial and then 56% stick around for drinking poppy every day. Hence why your daughter is the one that interested to right. you. <laughs> that.
0: That's so cool. <laughs> um, man, I've got like so many questions for you and um, I don't, I'm not going to keep you all day, but um, we, uh, we're we going to get a couple more things. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, in front of me, I've got, so, and, well, let's just start. So, Amazon, yeah, lots of great uh, flavors out there. You guys can check it out. And so, one of the interesting things is, yeah, you can have your own direct to consumer site and then leverage Amazon to do fulfillment, and handle returns and whatnot for you. Same thing on like a um, TikTok or other e commerce platform. You can have your platform there and take orders and Amazon fulfill that, which is um, pretty powerful. So, something to check out if you have not already, if you're a startup in the space. Um, on your, uh, and plenty of SKUs um, out there today. Um, for sale on Amazon, like strawberry lemon, like ginger lime, like orange and raspberry. Rose. Rose. Yep. Perfect. And I love it's
1: it. So rose, which I, don't I correct almost
0: him. said Rose, but I knew it was Rose. I like the can. Um, but in front of me are other flavors, uh, root beer, classic cola. And I've been drinking, I, I've tried all three um, while we're sitting here talking um, and I have this purple one called Doc Pop. Now, I would like, so these are new, right? And these are our expansion of your brand. So, talk about how you think about what's next and, and some of the ones that are sitting in front of me.
1: Yeah. So, you have our classic flavors that are basically mirror like some of the big soda brands in the US. And when we first started out, we were more like, fruit skew driven. But if we're really going to play in this space, you have to have that brown liquid. You have to have that deep knowledge of nostalgic. But the problem is there's a lot of misconceptions or preconceived, knowledge of what something should, should taste like. So it's definitely a harder battle, but we feel like we killed it. They're amazing. They are. Um, we're seeing people that are just like so obsessed with them. It's stock pop, I think is our second skew uh, in, in our portfolio, strawberry lemon being number one in my personal favorite, Wow. but it's just, it's really fun to have those. And then we kind of have something for everybody. So we love, Poppy is like a soda for the modern, modern soda for the next generation, too. So it's like you have all those traditional soda flavors, which orange is traditional, grape is traditional, right? But then we have these where you're mirroring the sparkling water, but we're full flavor. So it's kind of like we have something for everybody. Cause nowadays there's a lot of people that are like, you know, soda is a dirty word, right? Like at the end of <laughs> right. the day, it's like people don't want to admit that they drink soda anymore. And so we always say like Poppy's given you the freedom to love soda again without all the baggage and the high sugar, um, and it's been pretty powerful. It's like we're bringing soda back at its best.
0: I love it, yeah. And even the root beer, like, like you smell it first, you know what I mean? So it has a, it has the good root beer smell and taste. Um, what,
1: it, it's Like by the way, like you know what I mean?
0: Like
1: it's it smells like root
0: beer. It's really good. Yeah. Um. All right. What's inside? So what makes your products unique?
1: Yeah. So it's funny, like we were saying earlier, like we definitely lead with taste. So it is a uh, sparkling it has, um, organic cane sugar. We have fruit juice, depending on the flavor, apple cider vinegar. Um, it's, it's like one of those things where it's like ingredients that you can pronounce and read our ingredient list is extremely short, uh, 25 calories or less. Four to five grams of sugar for the entire can. Um, and why we call ourselves a soda versus like a sparkling water or kombucha is because we are full flavor, right? Sparkling water, sure. you get a little bit of, a bit of something. So that's why people really do love it. And the best time to drink poppy is with the meal. You can drink it anytime, but a poppy and a burger, poppy and pizza, like there's literally oh, nothing there. Cool. Um,
0: I'm just having poppy for the interview so no food but that's okay (laughs) um it's great Uh, any flavors not worked okay so you talked about hey one or two three any of them you launched you're like oh my god this is going to be such a hit and it's like no sales or tasted terrible i mean (laughs) i I don't
1: it was like when we first launched we had a blueberry sage
0: that's i mean it sounds (laughs) cool
1: who (laughs) was drink like a blueberry soda it was just like so <laughs> random it's so funny to this day we still have people that are like where is the blueberry and i'm like i <laughs> promise you like it's not coming back um and we've had uh like another one was like a pineapple mango and i kind of feel like we didn't give that one enough of it's like time in the, in the in the light because at the end of the day i think we have 10 skews right now most retailers it's hard to get them to take 10 totally you usually what you're talking your top five so as you're working you want to always be innovating we, we're doing like an lto that we're dropping in a week a cranberry fist for the holidays and it's like one of those things is like people what you we might not even know what our number one is i guess it's the easy way to say it so you have to continually innovate new flavors might become your number one your number two and then those other ones just naturally fall off because you don't want 50 skews at the end of the day
0: um and okay that's super helpful and uh for some of you listening you're like i'm not even beverage like what is dsd and what is ltl so just a a quick little Uh -uh. history lesson direct store delivery is dsd and so um and that's how like if you see up and down the street trucks pulling in and out of like you know convenience stores and whatnot usually side load that's like you know direct store delivery versus like a big old truck in the back of the uh grocery store and then ltl less than truckload um and so that would be like you know you're Putting in a, a limit, like in this example, hey, we're we're putting in a limited edition or a limited time product, right? Or skew, or it's not like mass distribution. It might be a holiday special or holiday packaging you might see on some of the beverage company um, brands out there. And by the way, okay, Allison has been in the beverage industry. I'm I'm just going to say it for less than eight years. So, like, I mean, and you're just like, I think it's so fascinating. Is like idea. Product, market, branding—what—and you're talking the talk, and you're in it, you're living it. It's just my point to those listening is, you got to dive in and be like eager to learn and understand the ins and outs of the industry to be successful in it, right, Allison?
1: Yeah, and I think the most important thing and the biggest advice that I've learned over the years as a founder is like when you start out, you are doing everything yourself, right? And you feel like there's that control, you don't want to let other people help, but that can actually like, like you'll fail really quick if you're trying to do everything by yourself. So what I love that we've done at Poppy really early on is we have surrounded ourselves with people that know more than us. And I love thriving in what I'm good at. So I, I get to run our creative and vision and be the face of the company, do all these really fun things. I'm not going to be the best person to, to run like our finance department, right? (laughs) Right. Like, so, and even within the marketing department, like bringing in people, brilliant people that have done this and have years of experience to learn from, because let's be real, like I love Poppy. I want to do this for the next, you know, 10 years plus keep going, but it's probably not the last thing I I ever want to start or do in my life. So I want to learn from these people who've been doing this for 10, 20, 30 years, And that's something great that we got early on from Rohan, our shark, is he brought a really a lot of great talent on. So I think it's always like that thing that I think a lot of founders and entrepreneurs struggle with is like letting go of that control. And the second you can, if you stretch off with the right people, the sky's the limit. Team is everything at this day.
0: Speaking of team, um, you and your husband work together on this uh, effort, Steven. Um, how do you guys like early days, how did you guys divide up the work and 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 what is his role now versus yours?
1: Yeah. So we're very different, complete opposites. It's Amazing, incredible. Um, I am the one that's like, jump in full force. Let's right. go. I don't care about the consequences. And he's like, hold on, let's make a spreadsheet. Let's <laughs> what's about stretchy, this? Like, what's right. the budget? Love like, it. Like, what? Like, let's talk about this. And so we've had that great push pull over the years because you can't have one without the other at the end of the day. If you don't have someone like your husband, or I always say like partner with someone, it's so much better to do this once you have community and you're not doing it alone. And then we worked together previous to this when we were, when I was in oil and gas. So I knew what I was getting into, which is really great, but we still still, have offices right next to each other we're together every single day we're both on the board he runs our innovation he runs our ops um, and he helps like raise money for the company um, and then I run our creative and brand and vision
0: wow perfect that's so helpful it's so fascinating right whether it's a husband wife or a co-founders like you know how you guys have the work I always love asking that so and um, always interesting answers um as we get towards the end here I always love to uh, have our guests share some of their biggest pieces of advice with our audience you've shared a couple things as we've gone today, but we've got a lot of founders that listen. So um, what would be two or three things you'd offer to, to those listening that are thinking of launching maybe the next beverage brand, the next food brand, the next, you know, fill in the break brand um, as they're thinking about their business?
1: Yeah, I think it kind of goes into what I said a second ago. It's easy one to start off with this. The sooner you start using we versus I is going to go a lot further with your team and with your ego right? It's like that, that ego thing with, well, your founder and entrepreneur can get you in a lot of trouble. And I've learned that over the years and really make it a priority to realize that you don't do this on your own and you you needed a great team sur- to surround you with. And then I think don't stop taking um, risks as you grow. So that's something I think a lot of times brands start to get really big. They start to get really calculated. They're planning really far ahead of time and you kind of to lose that early on sizzle that maybe what we've done really well early at poppy and so that's uh, part of one of our values at poppy is like we are creators we do things differently we're disruptors so constantly thinking different how do we not do it like the traditional cpg companies did it how do you not get corporate and boring but also don't don't be stupid about it let's be real (laughs) but like don't lose like what's your core of where you where you've come from and then you know, I think this is an easy one that everyone always says, but, you know, do something every day that scares you still as an Ooh, entrepreneur, because it's like one of those things that we're passionate. We're, we're, we're like kind of a little crazy. Um, So push the boundaries. Don't stop doing things that you're fearful of because then, you know, you'll get complacent and the business will, will see it.
0: So cool. Great advice for all of our listeners. Um, Okay. We have got to have you back on down the road um super excited for where you guys are and the growth in front of you and how you guys have executed already. I mean such a cool brand and packaging and branding and the marketing around it and the just the flavors by the way, and you know for me um quite frankly, I hadn't. Uh, tasted poppy before and um, inter- being introduced to it by Kendall. And so I, and it's, it's so good. Anyway, I, I love it. And I, I really do like the doc pop. I think that's my favorite. Although the classic cola, I mean, uh, um. and anyway, yeah. I could keep going. It's good. Uh, share with our audience <laughs> where they can find you, connect with you, learn more. I mean, I think it's obvious you've mentioned uh, m- many of the platforms today, but maybe uh, we'll close out with you mentioning that.
1: Yeah, so you can find us at drinkpoppy.com or at drinkpoppy. We are sold in every major retailer in the nation from Kroger, Whole Foods, Target, Costco, Sam's, Albertsons, and more. And we actually just launched in Canada this last month. So really excited about our expansion there.
0: That's exciting. Man, okay, we got to talk about that. Like, that's like a whole topic in itself. Um, all right, Allison, so great having you with us today. You got to come back on down the road. So great meeting you, and I appreciate you making time for us today.
1: Awesome, thanks for having me.
0: The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional ContenderCast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.